Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is the Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 27, Why Diet Programs Don't Work. They don't. No, they do not. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of preface this with um, at least my own personal story this morning where I had a friend of mine reach out to me and ask if, you know, going on a severely restrictive, you know, calorie diet for 21 days was a good idea for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and this is a person. Right. right, Yeah. I told them do that for sure. Uh, No, no, it was. And I could like, there was this little bit of this fire that burned in me when I read that um, message only because of all the work that I do to help people kind of reprogram that messaging Mm -hmm. um, and those beliefs of fear that draw people to those types of messages. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. And it's kind of funny because I didn't even know that was the topic. And I was like complaining to Lisa about that this morning, um, about how frustrating it was that people still sell these diets to people that are not healthy. They don't ask the right questions. They're not even thinking about them as humans. And people are like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea when we've seen how the tape plays and it doesn't play well. Right. And I think, you know, everyone who's listening to this has probably tried multiple diet programs. And some of them, I'm going to use air quotes, work because you Maybe you could stick to it for 30 days. Maybe you lost X number of pounds during that 30 days. But we need to expand our definition of what works Mm -hmm. because what we're not asking is, okay, what happened next? Yeah. What happened on day 31? Did you continue with the new healthy habits that you'd created that felt intuitive now? They blend with your life, with your preferences. You don't feel hungry. Your body feels nourished and supported. Ha-ha. Yeah, exactly. No, we're planning the binge that we're going to go on on day 31. Yep. Right? Or after we go on that vacation or that wedding we were dieting for. Exactly. Exactly. So we need to redefine works. Yes. Right? So basically, this podcast episode is all about helping you wake up to... You're figuring out your own solution for your life. It's about giving you your power back. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's about giving all of our power back. Yes. Right? I mean, my your work, Jenny, with, with clients and my whole business yeah. is predicated on the notion that everyone who comes to me, and I've said this many times, I am never anyone's first rodeo. 
Mm-hmm. People have tried and felt like a failure so many times that they are finally ready to figure this out for the long term. They don't do not want an extreme approach. They want something that is sustainable, that it feels healthy, that supports their overall health. Yeah. It's not just about getting this gross weight off. Right. Right. And that's so I guess Jenny and I, unfortunately, we do this all the time. We've been talking for over an hour before we started recording. (laughs) So that's why we jumped right in here. There's no preamble because we are so fired up. We are fired up (laughs) about this topic because we see how damaging these diet programs are and the fact that these companies intentionally prey on our fears and our insecurities and our lack of trust in ourselves. Yes. Right? They prey on it. That's their business model is to teach us that we couldn't possibly figure this out for ourselves, that we need their miracle one-size-fits-all solution. And guess what? If it doesn't work for you, whose problem is that? (laughs) That is because you failed. You did not have the willpower. Yep. Right? And so this is millions and millions of people are out there feeling like they are uniquely gross, undisciplined, lack any of the intestinal fortitude required to stick to this thing that should work, again in air quotes, right? because it worked for these three people that they're highlighting over and over in ads. And again, define works. Right. Do these people feel good in their body? Do they have peace with food? Right. Do they intuitively eat nourishing, healthy food that supports their cells and their brain function and their right. hormones? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is no. So, so I think the first thing Jenny and I wanted to talk about is why we are attracted to these programs because, like, what we're not trying to do is make you feel dumb for being attracted to these. No. They are preying on our primal human fears and emotions. Intelligent women every day, Jenny, are reaching out to us, right? And well, telling and us we, that they have fallen victim to this, and we have. We have years. too. Yeah, oh, I'm totally. like we're we're not preaching from the high hill of knowing better because you know we you know we just figured we it out never, from day one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we never experienced no. this. It's, and I think that is an important message. This could happen to any person because yeah. if we are in any state that we're you know, which is all of us because we're all human. Like, if we have that fear, that opening or that vulnerability of like, I don't feel like I have power in my life in other areas, we're susceptible to this. To and the messaging. To the messaging of this and a lot of other different things. I mean, we could go into example yeah. after example, but, but we have but been we, there. But, but we want you to understand that, again, here's what drives us to these programs that they don't work. They yeah. do not work. Even if you feel like they worked for six weeks or 30 days they are never going to be your long-term solution because they deny your humanity. They deny everything that makes you uniquely you. They do not know your history with food and eat, you know eating. Mm-hmm. They don't know your past traumas. They don't know your emotional needs, 
your lifestyle, your preferences, they can't know. Or your physiological needs, right? And completely. I mean, if we're talking totally surface level. I mean, we're going to dive deep into this, but even from a completely surface level perspective, they're not asking and taking all this information and trying to get to really know right. you deeply from a physiological level right. either. Right. So they're just Their saying, goal do this. is <laughs> to take your money and yes. to have repeat business. So they're sort of banking on the fact that you're going to fail, whether you lose weight in the beginning, you're going to gain it back because you didn't create any sustainable habits. Right. So so let's kind of go through these. You know, the first one is we're attracted to these programs because we totally fear and believe that we couldn't remotely trust ourselves to figure this out on our own. Right. Right. And we look back at the historical evidence. We look at all the things we quote unquote failed at. Well, of course we can't trust ourselves to do this on our own. Right. We haven't built up that trust because we've we've set ourselves up for failure. Right? right. And it's and then we tell ourselves it's a flaw in our it's a flaw in our ability to our character. Yeah, our character. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's totally unreasonable for us to yeah, to actually trust ourselves and build those wins. Um, but also because we probably fe- feel that sense of unsafety too. And I I don't know about you, but when I've really struggled with feeling unsafe and having anxiety, it's really hard to feel like I can trust myself because my mm-hmm. body feels like it, it's hard to be in my body. Well, we have no, we want certainty. Right. Our human brain craves certainty. And if this program is saying all the right things, you know, and hitting we all talked about this things. before. If they're yep. saying, have you tried everything that hasn't worked, you know, in the past? Come to us. We are going to show you a plan that is guaranteed to work or your money back. Well, oh my gosh, how attractive does that sound? Nothing has, they're talking to me. Right. Nothing has worked for me. And how could I possibly lose? Because I'll get my money back if, if it doesn't work for me or, or whatever, you know, right. whatever, whatever the gimmick is. So we, we crave certainty, but we also really want to believe that there is some quick rip the banded off approach. Yes. We don't really want to look at changing our habits long-term. That sounds really uncomfortable. That sounds like forever and ever and ever. So if you're telling me that in 30 days or six weeks or 90 days that I can get all of this gross disgustingness off of me, which is how we're viewing our poor bodies, right? If I can get all of this off in that amount of time and then I can go back to doing what I was doing before, then I can withstand this discomfort for a while. That's worth it. Again, I'm not asking myself the question of what happens next. Right. What does that look like long term? Right. No, I just want to deal with right now. That's, you know, this, this kind of short-term thing. Um, but all of this is driven, and you already said it, that we are at a, the base level. And I want you guys to tune in for this because this is the real driver, is that we believe that we will be safe in our life once this extra weight, this barrier to our attractiveness and confidence is finally removed. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we, we went into a whole rant about this, which we could dive into maybe in a different podcast, but we culturally live in a society that believes, especially for women in particular, that we get our power from what we look like. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest factors in us determining how we feel about what we look like is our weight. Right. And therefore we end up believing that we need to lose this weight or look a certain way 
physiologically to mm-hmm. be powerful. Right. And I can't blame people for wanting to be powerful. That but makes power sense. is safety. And that's what right. we need to dial it back to. And, right. And, and it's what, not about our attract. Basically, right. we need to change that narrative that yes. we don't need to put it in something that it's that is not powerful and well, is not well not it's not that it's yeah. not powerful. It's that it's not accurate and it actually puts women in a box and keeps us from being powerful in all the ways that we can be powerful, like creative and right. producing and wonderful, right. loving, connected human beings. And like you said, feeling safe, truly mm-hmm. feeling safe. So our work really is in, you know, and that's what this podcast is about, is understanding that some one size fits all macros plan or, you know, exercise boot camp plan that you're not looking at the right problem. Yeah. That and this is this is hard. This is painful, right? We don't really want to believe that we are driven to lose weight because we don't feel seen, we don't feel validated, we don't feel safe in our relationships or we don't feel like we'll be able to attract a mate. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's painful, it feels complicated and messy to kind of look under the surface a little bit and go, okay, why can't I feel confident now? Why can't I feel attractive now? Mm-hmm. Right? And again, that's where sometimes it's really helpful to look around at the other women in our lives that, okay, maybe they weigh quite a bit more than we do and they are out there rocking their life. They are confident, they are you know, maybe they run a business, they're successful in their career, they have a great relationship, they're mm-hmm. great parents, they're, they seem peaceful, yes. they're happy. Yes. And we look at them and we never seem to ask the question, how, how is that possible? But I thought your weight determined whether you could have any of those things. How did she get permission mm-hmm. to have any of those things? Who gave that to her? Right. Right? We never right. asked that question. And so what what we're really talking about at the heart of it is sinking back into our own power, which means our own sense of safety. That we are the generators of our own confidence, our own attractiveness, right? How many people have, you know, if you maybe parsed apart their features Mm -hmm. that according to the kind of social construct, they would not be physically attractive, but oh my gosh, they walk into a room and they are so magnetic, so charismatic. I mean, you just want to be in bathed in their light. They are so, you know, wonderful to be around. They're rocking their mission. We never seem to ask that question. How is that possible? Right. Right. So this is all about, you know, I don't know if taking our power back, that sounds so aggressive, but it is understanding that we are the deciders. Yes. We decide how we show up. We decide if we are safe in ourselves. if we understand we've got this, no matter what comes in our life, we've got this, we are going to be able to be vulnerable and truly connect with others. We're not going to have this armor on yes. all the time yep. to try to, you know, that that's a barrier to connection. And that's really what we want. We want to feel, you know, safe, connected, seen. Mm-hmm. And we're just not asking the right questions. Right. Well, and I, I, I want to kind of like yes. briefly also explain, you know, in the therapy world, and this applies to coaching world as well, but um, we think of this term, it's called 
differentiation in our field, but or at least the framework I work from. But really what it is is having a strong sense of who we are. And a lot of people, every like myself included, a lot of people struggle with that. But when you walk into the room mm-hmm. and somebody just really knows who they are and their yes. ego isn't fragile to comments people make about their appearance or their status or their money or anything else, you mm-hmm. know, they're just oh, they just like, they know themselves and it's, it's just wonderful. And even to be in that space with yourself, the more differentiated I've become in my own life, it just feels peaceful, Peaceful. right? I don't have to fight anymore. Well, and and, and and what you're describing, (laughs) Jenny, that person that you're describing, they are not walking into a room rolling out their resume, Right. They are actually, they are so confident that they are holding space for other people to shine. Yes. Those are the people that we just want to bask in their presence. Right. Right. That, and we are not wondering what their pant size is. Right. Right. We're not wondering how much they weigh. And I have to add in this too, because I think even in my own journey before I really worked on facing my myself, which again is messy and painful and hard. I would even think about, well, I just have to ask them questions so that they think I'm this, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not even about asking them questions because, well, and I have to be honest, like I've been in that space where I'm like, I was so seeking that validation and wanting to be that person that shined for ego reasons and not because I was just like, you know, for me, it's important that I'm just feeling good in my skin and not so easily offended and not so easily feeling like I have to prove myself Mm -hmm. and just actually genuinely like connecting with people and having fun. you're, You're absolutely nailing the real heart of the issue is we have to learn how, and this is not an any overnight thing, how no. to be comfortable in our own skin, yeah. to accept who we are. This has been my work. I've told you this, Jenny, is, you know, over the past few years, learning to accept that my rhythms, my way of showing up in the world, my way of running a business, it doesn't look like anyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm uniquely me, but that does not make me wrong or broken. Nope. What When we learn to work with ourselves versus trying to shapeshift, whether it's our body or how we show up in the world, whether financially, we are okay in our own skin and we are self-compassionate and loving towards ourselves. It is shocking what shifts in our health, in our relationships, in all of the things in our life, it's like this peaceful balance starts to settle out. Yes. And we're able to show up authentically yeah. and connect with other people. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I know that if you're listening to this, you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to lose 20 pounds. Why right. are these people <laughs> talking about this? You know, and it's like, what's fun? And, you know, I've shared this many times. When we are actually working on the right issues, which is learning to acknowledge our own emotions and actually meet our emotions on their own terms, oh, funny, I'm not trying to drink a bottle of wine or mow through a pint of ice cream or rage eat in a parking lot after I just went through the drive-thru because I, you know felt totally invalidated at work or I had an angry conversation with my boyfriend or my spouse and I didn't know what to say. I felt out of my power. I felt unsafe. I'm frustrated. I'm lonely. I'm bored. 
Yeah. And I just, I don't have any better tools to feel better. Right. To emotionally regulate. That's the only tool I have, right? What we're talking about is learning to get to know ourselves so that we can recognize the triggers that drive emotional eating Mm -hmm. before they build up ahead of steam. That we can learn to meet our emotional needs in a way that serves us, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Long term, yes. Long term. And until we get to know ourselves and... Face those kind parts of, of ourselves. Right, like, yeah. okay, and understanding, you know, the first week of my coaching programs are all about learning to flood ourselves with compassion for all of the coping behaviors, the self-protection mechanisms that we've developed over a lifetime that we needed. Yes. These are what helped us survive all of the things that we have overcome. What now is a new day, and we need to understand, okay, I'm safe now. I am no longer that eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, teenager who had sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. I am blessing that part of myself. And I am so proud of myself for surviving all of those things that I have survived. But I am here now. I am a survivor. I am going to be rise up and be the warrior in my own life. Mm -hmm. I am no longer seeking to be the pretty princess. Right. I don't need to go join your one-size-fits-all weight loss program that tells me that I can't have salmon because it's too high in healthy fat, which is one thing I heard this week about one of these programs. Yeah. They, instead, you should take water pills if you want to be successful in our program. That's part of our diet plan. Yeah. That which is, is, by the way, an eating disorder, like part oh of my, the criteria to- disgusting. To, uh, for diagnosing an eating disorder. So I'm just like, it just makes oh, yeah. me cringe. So, it yeah, makes me cringe that yeah, but, but people would so encourage So much that. of this, Jenny, and mm-hmm. I, I, know, I know that you agree with this. This is about growing up. It is. And I want credit for not swearing there. Yeah, yeah. This is about growing up <laughs> and saying, we are in the queen phase of our life. Nobody yeah. is going to tell me what foods work best for me or whether or not I can have a handful of nuts. Right. Right? Yes, I do believe, and I know you do too, we believe in a real food template, which is a huge template. I think that we, you know, we are biochemical creatures, and I think we serve ourselves inside and out, make a better human experience when we're nourishing ourselves largely with real food. Right. Right? That said, no one... I don't have your answers. I have no, right? I'm going to help you figure out like, okay, pay it, learn to listen to your hunger. I know Jenny, so much of your work is helping people even recognize their own hunger again. Right. Or even just sensations within their body, which exactly. might sound weird. You might think you know that stuff, but then oh, once I start totally. asking questions to my clients, they're just like, what? Jenny, so many I of have us what? have spent a lifetime learning to either suppress our hunger Mm -hmm. or judge it. Oh, how long did I live? I was ashamed. I've I've talked about this on the podcast before that I actually felt ashamed of being hungry. I'm like, I have 20 pounds of extra weight. I don't deserve to be hungry. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. That total disconnect from your body and And distrust, right? And the flip side, and we talked about this before we started recording. I think Jenny and I both had the experience where we felt powerful when we were able to suppress that hunger. Right. We conquered it. Right. When we would restrict in our various ways. But then again, it you know, asking ourselves like, where are we getting our power? And is that truly 
powerful or coming from our healthy self or is it based in fear, in the, yeah, right? Because it moment, was totally, yeah, no, it's this fake sense of power. I definitely did feel powerful, mm-hmm. but like, gosh, do I want to live a freaking life where my power comes from how I restrict my food and nothing else? Yeah. Like, so, that's not a, that's not even, a, I'm not a creature, I'm not a human anymore. I'm not a person. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you said before we started recording that I thought was so insightful is that we are driven towards these programs, not because we're thinking about a long-term sustainable approach. Mm-hmm. That's more that's more in the realm of thriving. No, right. we're in fear and survival mode. Yes. When we're attracted to these programs, it's because we think it is a crisis. If we and again, we we don't think this through. It's like this half-formed thought that's floating around in our fear centers of our brain. Yes. But the the thought is if I don't get this weight off stat that something bad will happen in my life. Now we don't ever we don't really think that through. Yeah, we don't play the tape and right. we don't think play about it, it out, Mm-mm. but we need to. We need to pull that out into our consciousness and say, okay, what would happen if I didn't lose 15 pounds in the next 30 days, six weeks? What is what are the risks? Because your fear centers of your brain are telling you there is inherent risk to your safety and survival mm-hmm. if you don't and bringing it out. And then that's where you can start asking yourself questions like, will my husband leave me? Will I lose my job? Will my family disown me? Will my friends not spend time with me anymore? Mm-hmm. And will I not, yeah. Will not, I not show up at work? Will I not t- tackle on projects because I don't feel like I will be confident unless I lose those 15 right. pounds, right? But like, we what need is to it play, that you're We need to play that of. out to its worst case scenario in order to get clarity on what is driving us to be susceptible to these marketing schemes. Because right. once you can ask yourself those questions, I mean, to be honest, sometimes this is an opportunity for some humor because- you know in your heart of hearts that losing 15 pounds is not going to spell the difference between your marriage surviving, you keeping your job, your financial security, right? And arguably, if it is, bye. Well, like, isn't that the truth? <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to keep it real isn't because if that, that is, truth? If, if it will, then you got to ask yourself that question that am I willing to give up my sense of well-being and being true to myself to stay in something that doesn't honor Right, if your my friendships power. are predicated on you being within a super narrow range of body fat percentage, um, that's some pretty good information about your social circle, (laughs) right? And the values on which you built your life. But I would argue that for 98% of people, once you ask these questions out loud, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is not a crisis. What would be a pretty cool gift would be for me to realize, yes, I do deserve to enjoy my human experience, this finite time on this earth, to feel good in my body. Mm-hmm. And if I've got quite a bit of excess weight, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, right? Mm-hmm. That's another question. Yeah, you got to ask yourself that right? question too. But if you do and you truly don't feel comfortable in your body, then I definitely think that it's worth starting to tune in to the lifestyle changes that will, as a side effect allow your body to let go of some of that old weight. Mm-hmm. Our bodies really are not designed to carry a great deal of mm-hmm. extra weight 
our female form is designed to hang on to some, some body fat, yes, though. Yes, it is. And yes, let's, be, let's clear, be very clear, right? If you if you are listening to this and you're in that last ten to fifteen vanity pound range, mm-hmm. and yes, you're listen, thinking, <laughs> and you're thinking that I will be so much more confident and let's be honest, safe and secure in my life if people can see the outline of my ribs. Yeah. Then. That's again, you're not going to fix this overnight, and this is not a, a shaming question. This is a gentle invitation to start looking beneath the surface. What is driving that fear and insecurity? Because the truth is that our value, our humanity, has nothing to do with our physical form. Nope. In any way. No. It, our ability. But we can't, we can't truly give our gifts and truly give to one another from an authentic place when we don't feel safe. We yeah. don't own our worth. Yeah. And I didn't for so much of my life. I mean, this is me speaking from experience. Being on the other side, which I didn't think was even a thing. Like, you don't even know to want a thing if you don't know it's a thing. It's so, well, right? and it's so true. And we, I think, again, I can't overemphasize that like our culture tells us that we have to be a certain way to feel confident and safe. Yeah. It's not like we're, yeah, it wasn't just something that came from us or our family systems. Like we live in a culture where we're asking you to do a hard thing because we're asking you to be counter culture in this way. And to be and to be differentiated from our culture. It's like being a health rebel. It is because Mm -hmm. I think, and I, again, I had a conversation with somebody who I think is usually somebody who thinks very well of people and, uh, women and, you know, I respect a lot. And this was a hard concept for them to wrap their brains around this Mm -hmm. week when I had a conversation about how it wasn't, it wasn't okay that women get their power from their beauty mainly. Mm -hmm. Like, and that, that's like a thing. That's a thing that people believe is okay and good and, I don't know. It's so it blows yeah. my mind. But again, blows so so for myself, I will say like I'm not out here trying to be like a to overthrow the system. I am because well, <laughs> I, but I'm just I, I'm just I'm kidding. To I'm use my but, yeah. energy. For, like I want to help you to help us say okay. The first step to doing that is I've got to reclaim my own sense of autonomy. So that's true. really what it is. Yeah, we it's we got to so focus on power. us. Yes, is it's what you said the differentiation. Yes, that I am me and I deserve to enjoy my human experience. I my goal for myself is to feel peaceful more often than not. And if I am constantly hustling for my worth. Like, oh my gosh, if I don't get to boot camp, if I if I exceed this calorie goal, then I will not be worthy. That I have failed, that somehow, you know, I'm at risk. Yeah. I have literally exceeded my power to that social construct. If instead I am just gently tuned in, and this again, this is my path, and I'm not saying this is the path. My path is learning to tune in to, okay, I, I maybe I didn't sleep very well last night. Well, you know what I've learned about myself since tuning in? I know I'm going to need more fuel today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to really prioritize that being from whole healthy food. I know my brain's going to be screaming for sugar because our brain wants more 
quick energy, energy when it's yep. tired, right? Yep. I know that, but as the parent of my body, like mm-hmm. the wise adult, yeah. I'm not going to give in to that kind of eight-year-old brain saying, hey, Captain Crunch would be good, you know, or whatever. Like, I know, I understand why you're asking for that brain, Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to give you is maybe a little more healthy carbs, more starch today, but I'm going to give you lots of protein, lots of vegetables, but probably some more calories mm-hmm. today. And and I instead of going for that workout I'd planned, I'm going to go for a gentle walk and I'm going to structure my evening so that I can really start slowing down and get to bed a little earlier. Yeah. And it is such a beautiful place to not be in some yeah, but now I've just thrown off my macros plan and my 12-week periodized training plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, no thank you. No, like, no literally, thanks. this is me. Like, there's, <laughs> I always think of, like, this kind of speeding, like, four-lane highway, and I've literally just, like, tootled off down my country road. <laughs> I'm so happy over here. And it's so funny. It's like, we feel like we have to wait for permission yeah. For, no one's going to give you permission. Well, we are giving you We're permission. We're giving you permission. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't need to ask for permission to nourish our bodies, but not just our bodies, nourish our souls. Yes. Tune in. Like, are you giving all the time? You're participating in all the events because you're so scared of missing out. Are you over-functioning for your family because you have to feel needed and important yep. in your family? Well, By doing all of those things, you have no time or bandwidth left to tune in to your emotions. And, oh, lo and behold, that means that by evening, you are so depleted, kind of angry and frustrated, if you're honest, Mm -hmm. and everyone else goes to bed and you're like, screw it, I'm watching five episodes of Netflix and I'm going to eat whatever I want on the couch. Yep. Yep. No. And I've seen that. I've seen that play out in my own life. I've seen that play out in so many other people's lives. I mean, we have to. I did it for years. Right. And I mean, I'm going back to what you said about growing up. It is, it is like, we're asking you to do a hard thing. And I do want to emphasize that, you know, in my life and my journey, I needed the help of someone else to help me through that and support, support, not just with friends, but even whether it's a coach or a therapist or someone else who is helping you on this journey. Like, I mean, I'm not saying everybody for sure needs that, but I think most people it, do. Do you, do you think you could get help from like a, a diet shake Facebook group? <laughs> Would that be a good place no. to seek support? Well, in fact, actually that goes back to my point, like, uh, or one of the points we were talking about earlier. What happens is a lot the of people, they go, yeah, the pseudo support. It's like wolf and sheep's clothing where these programs talk about how they'll be the last thing you do and they've got the answers and they're, well, yeah. At a 400 calorie a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and it's, and it's like all of this, like talk about, oh yeah, we're going to be your guides in this. And they're, they're leading you back down a path where not only is it neutral, it's not like they're not doing any harm, but we talked about this earlier, you know, basically you're paying a person to traumatize you. Physically, you said that. Jenny said this before we started recording, and I'm like, have this in red letters on our show notes. Yeah, I'm, we're paying people to traumatize like, us. Again. Yeah, we are Listen paying up. people to traumatize us physically, psychologically, and emotionally because Amen. we're not men. Yeah, we're not coming out of these programs the same that we came into them. We're not coming out feeling good about ourselves. Out, our body is good. not feeling good. Yeah, it's it's 
damaging and traumatizing to our emotional state even further. Okay, but let's be clear, Jenny. That's even if you won. Even yes. if you lost. Yes, because the, then the you and that and that's why like there's you know an interesting thing I talk about with clients is you know even if you're successful at losing weight, even if you're successful at being beautiful, that can be worse because oh, then now you're terrified. Well, yeah, and you're you're definitely gonna continue to put your power into doing those things well, and missing out right and missing out on your entire life because of oh, that yeah. right and so again so the clients that come to me you know sometimes they are actually carrying excess weight sometimes they're not almost always they are massively under eating calories so this is the physical damage that comes from you know the rinse and repeat cycles of these diet programs, which are always focused on less food mm-hmm. and more movement. Mm-hmm. That's always like, it's not complicated, yeah. right? So they come physically damaged. They're, you know, have micronutrient deficiencies, but their metabolism is Met- usually yes. very downregulated. It's fixable. And I do help yes. people fix it. But the psychological and emotional damage is so insidious like we can we can wrap our heads around the metabolism Part. issues. Yeah. But we it literally deepens our, you know, dysregulated relationship with food, with our body image. Again, we're totally putting all our eggs, our self-worth eggs in that basket. Yes. Right? So it's totally reinforced that whether you lost the weight or you didn't, you are going to be on this diet roller coaster forever. And now you're even more susceptible to the next shyster. Yes. That is after your dollars. Yep. Right? It's so, true. Jenny, I know you and I both say to people we work with, we do not presume to know anyone's answers. No. And that to me, like if you're thinking, well, how do I know if this is a valid program? Do they presume to know your answers? If the answer is yes, then this is a complete sham. Yeah. It's not going to work. Like, yes. yes, we. what you and I do, Jenny, is we help people ask and answer the right questions. Yes. Well, we empower them and reconnect them to themselves versus saying, hey, I've got all the magic and you have to rely on me and my knowledge totally. to be helped. Totally. Because it, in essence, we're empowering you. Yeah, and that's pe- that's actually getting people out of their trauma to empower them. But yeah. but I think these programs actually prey on people that tend to be a bit more. Ugh, I can't think of a better word. I don't like this word, but codependent, Dis- yeah, like where they just dis- don't have a disempowered. Yes, I like that word. Where yeah. they don't trust themselves mm-hmm. and they say, "Hey, trust me." And in doing that, they make you trust yourself even less. Mm-hmm. And it's doing you a disservice. Yeah. And so, yeah, like what you're saying, if they say, hey, I have all the answers, they're yeah. furthering the damage. Yeah. They're not helping. You know, it is, it is, it's a little bit tricky for me because I do ask clients in the beginning to suspend disbelief a little bit that flooding yourselves with nutrition, that not counting your macros, that this actually is going to enhance your health. Mm -hmm. I do ask them to suspend disbelief and to trust me a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's all about nourishing you. Well, and you ask them to, right. And the whole time you're saying, okay, and then check in with yourself about how this is feeling versus saying, Hey, I'm going to give you this protocol. And if you're feeling crappy or if it's emotionally not working for you, it's your fault, right? Right. You don't do that. You say, I don't tell anyone what to eat. I give you this huge template and within this, I want you to start experimenting and tinkering and getting curious. 
which meal configurations, oh my gosh, I was comfortably able to get from one meal to the next. My energy didn't tank. I loved the meal. I felt satisfied. I, it was delicious. And then I didn't even really think about food until it was the time for the next meal. And then I felt full and satisfied. Like that's where we, I want to help you get to. That's going to look different for every single person. Right. And everyone. And you help them to be aware of like the emotional triggers and the other things going on in their life where they may not have even really connected those dots before. And so you're not only helping them to, to like, I think again, people just think about the weight loss or the nutrition part of it, but it's like, no, 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 this is like an integrated process where you're having to face yourself and work through. And that feels hard. Well, it yeah, does. It, it, well, really it is, does. it is, dif- it is difficult. I mean, we're all, I mean, we're all on this journey of continuously you know, doing the, that. Like it doesn't end, but I, the, the funny it's thing is it. though, you know, I, I know that I've given this analogy probably too many times, but I was so scared of kind of looking at my emotions, my past trauma and, and you know, and learning to understand the link between that and my coping behaviors now, I was so terrified at looking at that for so long that the analogy that I give, it's like a child cowering in their bed with the blanket over their head. They are so terrified of what they thought they saw a monster under their bed. Well, somebody finally turns on the light and they look under the bed and it's a dirty sock right. under the bed. I have found with myself and my work with clients that many times... It is actually so cathartic to bless our past. Like, again, of course, I'm not a therapist. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't do the, I'm not unpacking people's past and their Mm -hmm. trauma. But what I do help them acknowledge is that they needed these tools, mechanisms, whatever. They needed them to survive. And there's no more judgment. Letting go of shame embracing self-compassion for all of the things that you have worked through in your life. And that helps restore some faith and trust that, oh my gosh, I have figured a lot of things out. Yeah. I bet I can figure this out too. I have done hard things. I have done hard things. Mm -hmm. I can tune in. It, It is not that hard for me to start to recognize, oh, this person is triggering my anger. Huh, I wonder what that is. I'm feeling defensive. I'm feeling disrespected. Yes. And we don't have to do anything about that, but just acknowledging our emotions. And then, you know, next level is learning how to kind of meet those on their own terms, whatever Mm -hmm. we decide to do with those. But when we start to kind of build a playbook on ourselves and understand what triggers us, what drives us to want to go have wine, what drives us to, you know, emotionally eat, then that's when we start to build the template, the success formula mm-hmm. that works in our own life that makes, and, and by success formula, I'm not talking about weight loss. Often that is a fun side effect, mm-hmm. but a success formula is one where you feel safe, empowered, peaceful, and connected Yes, in your life. Yes. Irrespective of, do I have some cellulite on my right thigh? <laughs> I'm only laughing because I'm like, it's so relatable. Um, yeah. And I, I love how you unpack that because I think what you're saying is you really help people change the way they respond to themselves. That's, that's- 
right? Like that relationship with themselves, which is awesome. And then if people wanted to go deeper, which I think, first of all, if you change the way you respond to yourself and your trauma and the the traumatized parts of you, so to speak, Mm -hmm. like that is amazing, incredible work. And you're probably doing like, that's already like so much of that work, right? And that's Mm going to change your life dramatically. And then I think it's also, I mean, it does, it is helpful for us in different ways to figure out if we can resolve those traumas and triggers so they don't even pop up at all. That's great. But that, that takes deeper work. And I'm still like, I'm still working on that stuff in my own life. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not something that happens overnight, but I think what you provide is just so valuable in helping people have a different relationship to it. Yeah. Because we all, I mean, if we could just do that part, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that's transformative. It's just compassion. It's having compassion for ourselves and you know, not judging our emotional reaction either. Learning to sit with our emotions and say, huh, what is that? I wonder why it makes me angry that, you know, this person's out having fun and I'm not. What is that? And that's where being gentle with ourselves and saying, huh, I'm maybe not feeling as connected in my life. I wonder what I could do with that. Yeah. I wonder where I might seek some meaningful connection. Well, funny enough, we can't seeks meaningful connection when we're not compassionate and loving with ourselves. We're not going to be safe enough to be vulnerable with other people. If if I'm over here with my armor and my perfect hair and my perfect nails and, you know, perfect outfit, you're over there with your perfect resume and your perfect hair. Basically, we are an exchange of goods and services. Mm. What can you do for me in my social status? How can you make me feel good about myself and validate me? Mm-hmm. It's, is yeah, that, it's that not is meaningful, not deep meaningful connection. connection. Mm-hmm. Nope. We have to nope. be understand, like we were talking about before, that every single one of us is just out here doing our best. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure things out. Yep. We're just trying to figure it out. We're yep. all on this journey, bumbling along through time and space, trying to figure out how to get by Hopefully, you know, again, hopefully we can start shifting from surviving to thriving. Yes. And thriving is where we actually feel peaceful, that we are not driven to eat, to numb or distract or cope, that we are excited about creating vibrant, nourishing meals that we share with friends and family, that this is a celebration of life. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. How different is that than shame eating your convenience store package crap in your car, which I have done hundreds of times. <laughs> and again, I'm only laughing because there's so much relatability to yeah. this. And it's, I mean, I think ultimately it's giving our power to us, to ourselves. Like it it's saying, I find it's my power. Up in our own life. Right. I find my power in being me and it's not about the status and messy, or in your messy and perfect self. Am I messy self. and perfect self? Yeah, absolutely. And and differentiating that it's not about my status or my weight or anything else and your lawn, your house, your car, your yes, social circle, your country club membership. Yep. Right? All of that is driven by fear. Right. And right? and being disconnected from ourselves. Right. Being right. disconnected yeah. from yeah. ourselves. It's just learning to figure out what drives our behavior. Yes. You know, it, like one thing, eating eating a slice of pizza can be the most healthy, nourishing thing in the world when it comes from 
a healthy place, yes. right? It's like, oh my gosh, let's go out and have pizza. This will be so fun. I don't have regrets. I have no shame around this. I'm not binge eating it. I'm right. chewing. You're not anger eating it. Yeah. I'm not anger eating it. <laughs> that exact same pizza can be the most toxic, damaging thing Yes. when you are stuffing and numbing and abusing yourself. Right. Right. And so that's what we just want to open this conversation. I we we bounce around a lot, but that's yeah. why we started this podcast. We get to do that. Yeah, we do. You know, and but this is the real stuff. This is the real stuff. And we have we have a couple of questions we wanted to end our podcast on for okay. to give you guys some ideas of what you can ask. Um to to kind of ask yourself these questions to get in the and right get neighborhood. Yeah, because I know some of this stuff can kind of seem so far out there at times. (laughs) So to reel it back in, you know, we could ask questions like what, what triggers my emotional eating and, you know, where, like the one that I think of. Can I follow up on that real quick? Go ahead. So if, if you're asking someone who regularly engages in emotional eating, I know you've heard this before. An answer I often get is I have no idea. Right. I don't know. Right. And so much in my, from my perspective, so much of that has to do with we are so ashamed of having done it that we want to immediately slam the door on it, yeah. throw it in the lockbox. Yes. I don't, I'm not going to look at that. I can't even, like, it feels like touching a hot stove. Yeah. So I can't even bear to reverse engineer the hour or two that led up to that. Yes. Right? So that's where the only way you can ask and answer that question is by flooding yourself with compassion and love and understanding you were doing your absolute best yes in that moment to Which, try to survive i don't care what you ate how much you ate where you ate it i don't i don't care if you pulled that food out of the garbage can yeah you were doing your best to try to survive what felt like an emergency to your nervous system Yes. Is and that that's, fair? No, that's completely fair. And okay. it's such a good point, you know, and we're asking this question because some very rarely people will have insight okay. into it. Right. But I'm with you a hundred percent because I would say 80 to 90% of the time, if I simply asked that question, I would get that blank look. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's absolutely tied to our lack of ability in that moment to have any sort of curiosity or compassion oh, totally. for ourselves because we're just like, Nope, we're going to, we're going to bury this and it's shame based. And, and also like, you know, logistically for me as well, like I didn't even know to like, I didn't even know how to name my emotions oh, or not. where they were oh, in my either. body or like I wasn't connected to my body in so many different ways for so oh, no. long that like when someone asked me that question, I'm like, uh, duh, because I have no willpower. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like a, it wasn't. Yeah, I did it because I'm gross. Yeah, there was no connection yeah. to any of those other parts of me because I didn't even have that skill yet. Like my brain didn't have that no, skill. No, it, it is. It's tough. But again, once once you can, like the first step, the, the only way you can ask this question without running, fleeing for safety mm-hmm. is Flooding yourself with compassion and understanding, oh my gosh, this is all of, almost all of us at one time or another to whatever degree. Yeah. And there are so many more out here that like you follow Fitspo Instagram accounts. I guarantee 99.9% mm. of those folks mm-hmm. are engaging in some kind of binge eating behavior at one time or another, maybe not currently, mm-hmm. but at some point. Because restriction, the the boomerang effect of over-restriction is binging. 
And right? if they aren't, then they probably are also they're whether they're if they're not struggling with the binging side of it, they're probably struggling with the restricting the and finding their self worth right. and their body and what they look like. I and, just think it's important you know, for us to acknowledge yeah. because I know when I was engaging with this stuff, I thought it had to be the only one. And if anyone knew oh, about, how like, disgusting the I stuff? was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they would never talk to me again. Same. Well, and I thought right. I was just such a weirdo. And yeah, I was like something it's that so nobody common. else. This is so, so, so common. Would do. Yeah. And so it, yeah, no, I think just kind of let's, yeah, but let's get the so, shame out of it's that. It's such, you are literally walking out the door of prison when you get to a place where you can reverse engineer the couple just even the couple hours before of course some some of this stuff is from like childhood trauma of course the yes. roots of it yep. but the couple hours before did i you know have some awful experience i felt rejected mm-hmm. you know whatever like if you can go back and realize oh my gosh that i'm starting to see some patterns that when i'm feeling disconnected or lonely or bored or i'm procrastinating or angry. Right. And just right? And asking those questions. Right. Yes. And these are the questions. I mean, they're going to look different for every person, yep. but like, I mean, yeah, a lot of this, I mean, if we're talking big picture, it is rooted in a, you know, developmental childhood trauma stuff, but we can't even get there no. until we work on totally like, this is the bridge the layers. builder, right. To get to even doing that stuff. But just learning so. to say, Oh my gosh, I had a feeling. I didn't know. I didn't recognize the feeling. I sure as heck didn't know what to do with the feeling. Yeah. Yes. This was the only tool I had. Yeah. So, you know, it's a pretty powerful question. Because if you, again, going back to the the topic for this podcast, you know, why diet programs don't work, the reason that we're attracted to these is we think it's an information problem. We think if I just have that magic strategy and this new information that only they have, then that will be my ticket. Right. To weight loss. And so now we're finally in the right category. Like, this is not an information problem. It's not. I, I mean, it might be an information problem, but it's an information problem about that you, the fact that you don't know yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. That is a good point. Yeah. yeah. So the information problem really lies in how we're seeing it, right. really. Right. And, yeah. And, you know, one of the questions I also think would be important for really, truly thinking about like, you know, our relationship for, with food and why we do what we do is where am I getting my power and my self-worth from? Mm-hmm. And and being really real about that. Totally. I mean, it can be hard to and connect those dots. Yeah, but I remember, hard. yeah, the day that I figured yeah. out that I was getting my power mm-hmm. from the way I was eating. And that was not, that's not really me. That wasn't who I was at my core. That was yeah. based on my fears around you know, wanting to please other people. That's a narrative or, we have you know. in our head, right? That's the, mm-hmm. the story we're telling ourselves is that my power, my safety, my validation comes from my ability to control my hunger. Yes. Right? That's a great That's way of putting it. That's the story we're telling ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's really liberating when we can start to question these stories. Yes. Okay. Is the story I'm telling myself, just because my brain said it, is it a fact? No. And that's where we need to, we need each other Yes. and doing this work, you know, with the right people 
is important. So that's what Jenny and I do. This is our mission because we have been through the fire. We have been through it. And I know that there is a small group of other people also, you know, again, touting this mission, but there are far more people traumatizing people than healing them. Well, that's it. And we need to be so skeptical that they are out there preying on your fears, your mistrust, your insecurity, mistrust of yourself, your insecurities. And you need to be a wise steward of your time, your energy, your money, your body, and your emotions. Yes. We have one shot at this life and we deserve better. So, you know, reach out, you know, reach out to Jenny or I, you know, through our Facebook page or privately message us, you know, if you need help or support, you'd like to have a chat with us, or you just want some idea of where to start because you need reinforcement. The conventional message out there is going to keep telling you that you just need their answer. And you need to be brave. You need to be brave and you need to wake up and say, okay, I understand now that this is just some variation of the same old wolf in sheep's sheep's clothing and I deserve better. Yes. So on that note. On that note. um, I think there's spittle all over our computer screen. We've both been, yeah. We have a passion for this, clearly. Yes, we do. Because we want you to have Because we've been there and we care. Yeah. And we actually do... You know, again, reach out to us and whether we can help or if we can connect you with the right people, we're here to do that. So thank you for for spending the time with us and and doing this for yourself too. Yep, absolutely. All All right. right. Talk soon.